Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am joined by Justin Bruni this morning. How are we doing? Hey, doing good, doing good. Happy Sunday. Another Sunday closer to uh, some more NFL action. I know. Yeah, here we go. One more week closer. We're getting close to the NFL draft as well. You know, I was just mm-hmm. perusing here. You know, I was getting tweeting out the link and everything, and I noticed I put my handle wrong on the tweet. Whoops. Um, Damn. <laughs> I was like, why isn't linking? Why can't I retweet this live link? So I see it. I see everybody. it. At Dynasty and. At Dynasty and yeah, something Span. like that. Well, that, that's what that's will be my name today. That's what we'll roll with. You know, that's where I'm at. Like I said, usually on these Sunday mornings, you know, it was a long week thing called restaurant week in Colorado. Everybody goes out and eats like every night for 10 days and, you know, working right as on. a bartender. It was a little bit hectic, so a little bit sleep deprived. So that, that shows, I guess, with my typing skills today. But here we are. We're going to rock out a super flex rookie mock draft today. You know, some post NFL combine. You know, I, we were just mm-hmm. chatting before the show and I noticed we have a few difference in our rankings. Yep. So it should should be for some good podcasting. But before we jump into it here, I just want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at WinBet. The Sports Gambling Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the the D-Gen Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest is back, free to enter in $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half uh, half under bingo. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. All right. And we will jump in here. Um, yeah, so I just figured, you know, it would be a good time to do a little 12-pick mock draft, you know, considering, you know, right after the NFL Combine, this is when the rankings uh, really shake up. You know, some people are going to be diving into their dynasty rookie drafts here shortly. You know, others like myself, I'm too ner- I'm I'm too hesitant. I'm not brave enough to stake my yeah. on my own evaluations this early. I like to wait till after the NFL draft. What about you? No, I absolutely like to wait till after the NFL draft. And I think that, you know, doing it beforehand just definitely takes your league up to a more serious level, which by all means, like go right ahead. If if all of your league mates are, you know, that aggressive and that knowledgeable, then I think that it's fine. But if you are still doing, you know, a, a dynasty league with a little bit more uh, you know casualness i i think you should probably wait like it's it's going to be a lot more fun you're going to get the landing spots you know a lot of folks wait for after uh the draft after free agency obviously we have coming up starting this week but i think like the median would be after free agency but before the nfl draft like i wouldn't hate it doing it like a week before the nfl draft but i think that's probably as close as i would cut it yeah you know i'm just not you know i remember a couple of years ago, Kelvin Harmon going first overall. I don't know if you remember yeah. Kelvin Harmon. He yep, was a yep. he was a dynasty darling up until Austin April. And, whew, I mean, I think he ended up going in the seventh round, and I saw him go in the first. Now, now it was an aggressive. This was aggressive, like you know, this was somebody who's you know was reaching a little bit, but it wasn't mm-hmm. unheard of. You know, he was a consensus top five pick, and right. so uh, and you know that was the same year I believe Hakeem Butler came out, and he was also very that that, that was like a disaster year. That was like when Miles Sanders came out, and it was like Andy Isabella too. So. You know, Debo oh, Samuel. And like Isabella. May he rest in peace. Uh, DK Metcalf and uh, Debo Samuel, I believe, were the big successes out of that class. You know, David mm-hmm. Montgomery and Miles Sanders have had nice. Jacob, Josh Jacobs, of course, probably the first, you right. know, should have been the first overall pick in that draft. But, you know, we can digress. But uh, so with that, you know, uh, we didn't even talk about who's getting the first pick. But, you know, I'll, I'll throw that to you. I'll give you the, uh, you know what? starting off this Superflex rookie moth draft with the first overall pick, I'll let you do that since and uh, let, let you explain why you're taking Bijan Robinson, I'm sure. I mean, he's generational talent at the running back position. I mean, every comp that he's gotten to elite running backs, I, I don't see why we're not taking him at 101. Uh, I Really, the only argument that I could make against him is if, you know, you somehow are stacked at running back. You somehow have Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall, you know, guys, they're going to be responding from injury seasons, you know, that we feel really good about. And you would just have to be like overly thirsty at the quarterback position. If for some reason you feel like you don't need uh, Bijan, I would look to be trading back the 101 and maybe get a little bit of a haul, maybe get another late first or another uh, second round pick if you feel like you're already loaded up at running back. But Bijan's been the clear number one, 101. Uh, for months now, I don't see anything, any narratives changing that, even a landing spot. 
Yeah, you know, I I don't see that either. I I was trying to think the other day of a place where Bijan Robinson could go that would make me not take him number one overall, and I couldn't. You know, I was thinking yeah. like Texans. You know what I mean? Wherever. You know what I mean? No, just fine, just yeah. fine with the Texans. I mean, yeah, if he goes to the Dallas Cowboys and is playing with Tony Pollard for a year, that's fine. Yep. You know, yep. the, if the Eagles playing with Jalen Hurts, I'm fine with that too. You know, some of those aren't yep. my, my ideal landing spots. But that's a great you. offense. That's a great offense. Great offense going to take over in a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard's on the franchise tag. I've just seen that discussed as a possibility, and I could see what, that happening. What about the uh, NFL's leading rushing offense, the Chicago Bears? I or, just. What, I, what about that? Okay. You know what? I've heard people discuss this possibility, and here is where I would push back on that. And here's where I would push back on the Philadelphia Eagles selecting him, too. So you have a rushing quarterback already, and then you're going to get a generational running back prospect. So you're, you're I mean, what you're, you're invested so much in running in a, in, an, in, in a game where the NFL does not value that as much anymore, in a game where there's like, you know, the metrics suggest you should be passing the ball. So I just wonder if you, if the Eagles and the Bears, you know, as just as just a team fit, you know, this is this is excluding right. fantasy football. But just as far as like the, you know, game planning for an NFL, mm-hmm. is that smart for them to just to be like almost running like a, like a high school offense might, you know what I mean? Just very sure. heavy on rushing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just the metrics, you know, if you're trying to compete against Patrick Mahomes, you know, are mm-hmm. you going to be able to rush? You know what I mean? Is, is or is Bijan Robinson going to be phased out in those games? Because, you know, obviously he's not mm-hmm. going to be phased out. That, that was a poor choice of words. No, I mean, because he's going to with his receiving work. Yeah, exactly. Because he's going to be used in the receiving game. And my pushback to that is like, oh, you're just too loaded up on the run game. Well, the Bears just landed DJ Moore, right? Like that's an extra pretty much an extra first round pick really elevates the offense. Don't think that they're done shopping for the position either. And I just feel like in this league, yeah, you have to be a passing team. You have to be able to push the ball down the field. But also at the same time, you need to be multifaceted. And I feel like that's what the Eagles were this year. And I think either of those offenses, because they are, I guess, predominantly run first teams, it's tough with the Eagles because they are a little bit more balanced. But I just think that it gives both of those teams just that next level running ability you know, to take their teams to the next step. For the Eagles, it could be winning a Super Bowl. For the Bears, it could be a playoff berth and potentially the NFC Championship. So... I think those are hurdles that they're trying to get over. And I think someone as young as Bijan and the talent that he brings, he helps move you closer to getting over that hump. Of course, you know, of course it makes your team better. You know, and I, I mm-hmm. might be for forecasting, you know, of course the bears goal probably right now is to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, I, I may be forecasting, you know, what we're, you know, trying to play against, you know, the best of the best. And, you know, just mm-hmm. one thing I noticed, you know, playing the Tennessee Titans, for example, over the years, you know, they, they, you know, they were very good at what they did, running Derrick Henry and mm-hmm. playing good defense. But when they played Patrick Mahomes this last couple mm-hmm. of years, you know what I mean? It took them out of what they were good at. And then all right. of a sudden, you know, when they're trying to play catch up with Patrick Mahomes down by 10 points, it's all, the game's already over. They can't My move. My argument to that would be is that you're, e- you're easily more able to scheme up against Ryan Tannehill. So you let Derrick Henry eat. You let That's him true. do what he does. And then you, f- you let Tannehill take his shots and you try to, you know, counter on one of those, which is probably more likely. But when you have a, a guy like Justin Fields or a guy like Jalen Hurts that, again, is multifaceted, can pass, can run, um, and they are run-first players, right? Like they have play calling that sets them up to just go, snap and go whatever direction. And, yeah, you might see you know something that you may have saw in high school or in some low-level college football, you know, running the veer, running the triple option. But we've also seen some quarterbacks, you know, you know, kind of set themselves up from like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, right? They, they couldn't pass early on. But they ran and they ran and they ran and things developed for them. The tools were built around them and brought in. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with, you know, the Bears and, you know, potentially, potentially Bijan. It's been rumored that he could go off the board at nine. The Eagles could very well take him at 10. I don't see him falling past Tampa Bay at 19. Tampa is my is my after call for the Bears and the Eagles at nine and 10. Um, so that man, that would be early for me on the back. But Bijan Robinson is that guy. You know, he, he just doesn't have. You know, my my. I'll throw one concern, more concern out there. He just doesn't quite have that athletic pro- profile of Saquon Barkley. You know, is the sure. reason maybe I would wouldn't take him at top. And he's 80th percentile in everything he tested at the NFL Combine. He's a great athlete, but just not quite that Saquon Barkley level athlete. But um, you know, some of the two two spots that I had was the mm-hmm. Commanders. I believe maybe at set is it 16 or 17? They're right there. Um, they're right in the middle of that first round. I had that as a potential landing spot. And then I also with, with the, you know, we were talking about Dalvin cook trade at the, before the show started. And I had the Vikings at, about pick. Uh, I don't have the picks. I remember them being at 23 or 24, you know, I should have wrote it down exactly, but the Vikings are right in that 22 to 24 range. So mm-hmm. those were two landing spots that I liked, uh, for him as well. What do you think about those? 
Uh, so 20 through 23 is Seahawks, Chargers, Ravens, Vikings. I mean, yeah, if, if you see an exit of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, the Vikings become a very you know prime spot to draft a running back for sure. Uh, with his talent level, it's just hard for me to believe that he's going to make it past these guys. You also have you know the Texans that do pick at 12 again. Uh, I have them taking in another position player at that spot if they wanted to really lean into the run game. That could be something that they do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because if he doesn't go through that break right there, if he doesn't get picked by pick 20, in my opinion, he's probably not getting – I mean, I don't think he would make it out of the first round. So the Bills or the Bengals, I would say, would definitely be destinations I could see him landing at at the end of the first. You know, it'll be interesting. And like I said, you know, one one spot that made sense to me that nobody really talked about was the commanders in the middle of the mm. first round, too. So yeah, I, definitely... I wanted to pick your brain on that a little bit more. I mean, they still have Brian Robinson. They have Antonio Gibson still rostered. What are, you, what are your thoughts there? You know, I just see teams do this kind of stuff all the time, you know, and I think, be, you know, just with the what the commanders are, look like that they're going to want to do this year, so, you know, rolling in with Sam Howell. And they're going to bring in somebody else. I know that, but I just, we don't know who that is yet. So it, okay. I think, you know, running through Bijan Robinson, you know, and I think Antonio Gibson and guys like that, you know, they're not going to worry about that. Brian Robinson, more of a supplementary back, maybe, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. too particularly impressed with him last year. So, you know, I just see teams all the time overdraft at the running back position, you know, and when then they already have guys there. So, you know, this was just an interesting spot for me and somewhere I could definitely see him getting a lot of volume. Right. What do you think about? I mean, we'll and we'll get to his name, but uh, I thought about them drafting a receiver. Actually, yeah, let's let's hold off because I'll I'll bring up his name when we get to him. I don't want to get too de- driven into this first pick here. All right, sounds good. With that, you know, we'll go to the second pick here, and I'm gonna and since this is a super flex draft, I'm going to go with a quarterback. I'm going to go with sure. C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, above you know above average arm strength. You know, he's at you know good athleticism. You know, has the arm talent. You know, mobile enough. You know, his best trait is his accuracy, I would say. Um, I feel like people have gotten kind of a little bit bored with him these last couple of years because, you know, he he was the consensus kind of 1-1 for a little while. You know, people viewed him as that in Superflex League. People viewed him as, a you know, a great prospect. And, you know, I feel like he had a good year, and, you know, he's just kind of falling down draft boards, I feel like, a little bit unnecessarily, a little bit of a rebound this past week. Uh, you know, at least earlier in the offseason, the consensus was Bryce Young's the first pick, you know, and, and then the NFL combine reinforced, you know, just kind of what an outlier Bryce Young is at the position. You know, I was trying to find player comps, you know, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, similar height, not similar body types. They are they are a lot thicker players. You know, they have a lot more muscle on them than somebody Bryce Young does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the closest one I could find was like Doug Flutie. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he Of similar size, similar right. height, similar weight. And you know what I mean? And. Doug Flutie, if we were playing fantasy, Doug Flutie was not uh, a fantasy quarterback. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I have C.J. Uh, Stroud here. I believe he does have the safest floor of this class. He doesn't have the upside of a guy like Bryce Young or Richardson, maybe, you know, in the best case scenario. But I feel safe that C.J. Stroud is going to be playing for me, you know, five years from now. He's still going to be my super one of starter in the super flex league. So I'm going with the safe pick. I believe he is likely the number one pick overall with this Carolina Panthers as well. What do mm-hmm. you think on that pick? Yeah, I mean, I can't argue that whatsoever. It, to me, I have Jameer Gibbs written down. And again, this is just based off of your need, right? If you need a quarterback and you're in Superflex, C.J. Stroud is the pick here for certain. But if you're already set, if, if you've already got QBs, I don't see the you know the necessity to go out and draft your third or fourth QB at this level. So I have Jameer Gibbs down. Again, I, I think it's 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 back and forth just based on need. I don't think there's necessarily a black and white answer here. Everyone's rosters are going to be different. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no argument against C.J. Stroud. Excited to see him go to the Panthers. Excited to see what the Panthers are going to do to build around him. Now we see a Panthers team without CMC. No more D.J. Moore. They need a tight end. They need receivers. They have what we feel like are decent running backs out of Dante Foreman and Chubba Hubbard, but they could be hungry for that position as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they build up around them. They also pick, I believe, at pick 39. So, you know, you're looking at C.J. Stroud at one and then probably, you know, your best looking receiver running back at probably pick 39. I think he'll be in a, in a good position to to take off here. But because the roster is, you know, we'll say less talented right now, you may not be wanting to start him, you know, every week, year one, unless you're really trying to get another top five pick in your dynasty league. Yeah, I agree. I think he might be more of a, 
a low end, mid tier, low end quarterback too to start off with. You know, and mm-hmm. he, his he has mobility, but it's not like he's, he's you know he's not going to have like significant rushing. It's more like no, he's a, he's an awesome fluid pocket passer. I mean, yeah. his throw ability and his arm, everything that we saw at the combine just reinforced what we knew about him already. He's going to be accurate. He's comfortable, and yeah, when he does need to move, he has that ability and that athleticism. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. Like I said, as a Bears fan. Super happy that we got this deal done, getting DJ Moore, getting a couple of first-round picks, getting a, a late second in this draft. Absolute great move, uh, at least for Chicago. I felt like the Panthers paid up a little bit too much, but thank you. Come again, baby. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of C.J. Stroud as well. Yeah, I just think he has a you know, very, yeah, very safe floor. Like you said, you know, the arm talent is there. Um, mm-hmm. more, more of like a Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes kind of level of mobility, more of like a, like a chain moving, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. not going to light the world on fire. But, yeah, C.J. Stroud's my pick there. And I think I think we got a little bit of a preview possibly of the third pick in the draft. Where, where are you going, number three? Well, I had Gibbs at two. At number three, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, but, okay, so okay, but if if you were drafting, so, you know, we'll treat mm-hmm. this like a draft. So, so imagine you're going to take Jameer Gibbs here. I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs, yeah. I like him going to the Dolphins at pick 52. Right now they have just one running back signed. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has been comp to Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, has the vision, has the speed, has the size. I like it. I feel like he could be a a huge priority in that offense because you're looking at potentially bringing back Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Of course, it's all going to depend on the the landing spot. You know, if he goes to a backfield that's a little bit more – you know, backed up, we'll say, if you have a couple of extra heads that need to eat, then by all means, you might knock him down a pick or two here. But it feels like he's the consensus, you know, RB2 off the board here. So that's where I'm going. Again, it's based on need, right? If you need a quarterback, I feel like Stroud's that that pick at two or, or three. It's going to depend on the board plays to you. But, you know, I'm still picking based on need. And if I uh, if I'm like most of my teams, I need a running back. So I'm going Jameer Gibbs here. Yeah, you know, he he does have he does have a nice BMI. He he is stand five foot nine, 199 pounds. So he's a bit smaller than a guy like Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's 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 a little this my head. I have him as my fifth ranked uh player. You know, if I was he would have been my fifth pick in the draft, uh, just because sure. of those concerns. You know, there's a there's a heavy correlation uh between you know, of course, with running backs, opportunity, you know, there's no better correlation with fantasy points than opportunity. And you know, and that may seem obvious, but uh so you know, but for a player like that, what that means is that for somebody, you know, size is actually a big, big deal. You know what I mean? So there's actually, you know, a big correlation between players who are lower than 205 pounds and above mm-hmm. 205 pounds in the workload that they get. And like I said, Jameer Gibbs is five foot nine. So 199 pounds actually isn't, you know, if he was, I, I don't, I don't know exact science, but if he was five foot 11, six foot tall, he'd probably be more like in the 210 range. Uh, mm-hmm. But just a slightly smaller guy, never received a, like a full workload in college. And, and, you know, the, you know, his rushing efficiency hasn't been fantastic, wasn't fantastic last year. So those are just some, some of my uh, small pushbacks and why I would rather go with a quarterback in those positions, Mm -hmm. but he is still my RB2 in the class, uh, you know, especially in PPR leagues, you know, Austin Eckler, you know, is, he's a thicker, a little bit thicker guy for sure. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that is not a far off comparison. He's likely never going to be, get over 250 carries. I wouldn't think in a season. But, you know, like Austin Eckler could get a lot of receiving work. I do. I The Dolphins was somebody I really thought about him in that second round there, in that middle of the second mm-hmm. round. Um, if he was to sneak in the first round, Philadelphia would be a very good option, I thought. Uh, the Panthers in the second round would be very interesting at that nine spot, like you were talking about, and on the Commanders as well. So those were some of my destinations. And he's probably floating in. Well, you know, I was going to ask you where he was coming into your RB RB ranks. He's probably at a low end RB one in dynasty RB two. Uh, oh, no, oh, oh, I thought you meant in this, in this class, he was my RB two in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, and just overall startup rankings, he would probably be at the back end of RB two. Yeah. Back end of RB two. That's yeah. the top. Tw- okay. Interesting. You know, I have him probably floating in the top 12 backs for sure. You know, just given the age, of a lot of these backs, you know, where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, I would take him above Joe Mixon. I would take him above, you know, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, all those sure. guys. I Probably my, Nick Chubb. In my would be opinion, in, in startups, he's probably going to go earlier than he should in comparison to some of the veterans I can get at later ADP. And that's what I'm valuing a little bit more, just getting those those steals or what I feel are better value because people are going to rush up the board to take them. And especially right now, if that's going on, like if you're actually drafting, you don't have the landing spot. So as, as of today, I would be holding him back. If he was drafted to the Dolphins, I would probably have to move him up to like 
early RB one territory for sure. Okay. Um, the, yeah, landing spots of course is going to be huge and it'll a lot depend on his workload, but yeah, I mean, some, mm-hmm. somewhere like Buffalo, you know, James cooks a little too similar, you know, Buffalo won't have his landing spot, but I, I like, I like one of, I like someone that you really like to land in Buffalo actually, but he's not going to be on this board. That's, that's your boy, Roshan. Oh, Roshan Johnson would be very, he'd be a very good compliment to James, James Cook, Cook, I think. So yeah. that, that would be very interesting. Uh, probably the best blocker at the running back position in this class. And I feel like that would be a huge asset for the Bills. Uh, so in, yeah, I'm a big fan of Roshan Johnson. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. We won't get to him today. Right. Roshan yeah, Johnson not, should not yeah. be going in third round of rookie drafts. Uh, it'll be interesting because I think that for his poor, you know, relatively poor 40 yard dash time will create maybe a little bit of a mm-hmm. buy low. If he would have ran in the four fours, that would have been it. He would have been going in the first round. So right. nice little buy low there. I So with the fourth pick here, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. Fourth pick. Yeah. Yep, fourth yes, pick, uh, I'm going to go with a quarterback again. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I'm very quarterback heavy in my early drafts here. So I have Bryce Young. I, he does. Ooh. We were talking about his small stature, yeah. um, you know, and I was talking about the other day, my difference between Superflex and one quarterback leagues and one quarterback leagues. I do have Anthony Richardson as my quarterback one. I see him as the true mm-hmm. difference maker in that format. Whereas Bryce Young and CJ Stroud lack that mobility. It would have to be, you know, elite level passers to make difference in one quarterback format. So, but mm-hmm. Superflex, I believe they are much safer. You're talking about a, a player that's going to have a much like more likely to be a long-term starter at the position. Yep. Bryce Young has everything you're looking for with arm talent. The, you know, the big, the big, if he was six foot three, he would be the consensus number one pick. You'd be taking him, you might take him over Bijan Robinson first overall. Mm-hmm. He's down here because he lacks mobility and he is five, he's barely five foot 10, just over five foot 10 and 204 pounds after bulking, you know, after eating mm-hmm. a lot of Big Macs before the NFL combine. So I just don't think, you know, we're asking Bryce Young to be an extreme outlier. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that aren't very mobile who are quarterback, you know, who are elite fantasy quarterbacks. And then you're mm-hmm. asking him to do it at his size as well. So you, there's just a lot of things going into Bryce Young. And if anybody can do it, it's Bryce Young. He's very talented. And, you know, he has the, I mean, that arm, you know, he has a stronger arm than, you know, CJ Stroud, I think, you know and mm-hmm. I mean? And he, and he's way, you know, it's far smaller, you know what I mean? And, and he, the ball comes out way, you know, has just as much or more arm strength than Anthony Richardson through, you know, makes it look effortless, you know, even at his size. So, you know, that's not what we're talking about. It's just like, can he, you know, Drew, Bre- you know, Drew Brees is a fairly close comp, but, you know, that's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And that, you know, that's what we're asking Bryce Young, I feel like to do here. So, uh, you know, but he's still, you know, that talent makes him, you know, just, you know, that upside, you know, that talent puts him at the, mm-hmm. he would have been my third ranked quarterback or my third ranked player. I mean, so Bryce Young here, it's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of upside. And if an NFL team is willing to take him number two or first overall or number two, I'm willing to take him here in my fantasy drafts. Got to throw the flag, bud. There it is. There it is. Challenge flag. I've got Bryce Young backed up. I've got him backed up to the end of the first round, unfortunately. And again, it's it's based on need. I've pulled Anthony Richardson ahead of him, uh, just like the athletic ability. Love the size. I have Bryce Young also going to the Texans, and it feels like the Texans will probably pick him at number two. They'll bring him in because, you know, again, he is like this top prospect. You know, you look at the eye test over the years, not just at the combine. I feel like NFL teams will prioritize him over Anthony Richardson. However, I think that the Texans will pick him and then bring in a bridge quarterback like a Jimmy Garoppolo that's been quite rumored. And Bryce Young may not, you know, take the reins right away. Now, stealing the show from Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely, you know, you're going to have some opportunities there. Jimmy's Jimmy's going to lay some eggs for you and potentially, you know, get the fans, potentially the front office calling for Bryce Young's name more sooner than later. But I, I think that this is a, a pick that you're going to have to wait on. I don't know if he's going to be a, a week one starter. And it's not like that narrative that I just played out to the Texans, bridge quarterback coming in. That sounds live. Until I see something different, I'm going to hold him to the back of round one. I have him coming off my board at 111 in this first round. I have Anthony Richardson ahead of him. Again, you and I are a little bit more sporadic on how we've spread out the quarterbacks in this mock draft. So again, it's based on need. If you're super hungry, I get it, but I'm looking at Anthony Richardson ahead of him right now. I think Richardson's going to wind up with the Colts, going to be a week one starter. You know, I, I actually I disagree here. I think Bryce Young is a little, much more likely to be a week one starter than Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. might have to sit a little bit while because I think, you know, it could be rough running an NFL offense at first form. Bryce Young, I think, is a little is more ready to step in right away, lead an NFL offense, especially with that arm, you know, uh, 
Alabama, very pro style offense, a very experienced player here. I think, you know, um, it's just, I think Bryce Young, it's just the question of is, is he going to mm-hmm. be able to make it through the season? You know what I mean? When he takes a hit, is he going to be able to, you know, is it going to be more like a Tua? You know, Tua is a lot bigger well, than he that's, is. Too, so. That's that's the thing with Alabama quarterbacks too. It's point and throw, point and throw. I mean, it's the the the, the simple simple play calling is just you know, well, that's what it is. It, it's simple. The quarterbacks don't have really that much responsibility because they have so much talent around them. The playbook is just tailored to everybody's skills, receivers, quarterbacks, etc. So it's just point and throw for those guys. It's you know. Obviously, they play in you know the SEC. It's it's super tough, but at the same time, like you know this the skill set that they always have, the receivers, the quarterbacks, like it's it's a very simplified system that doesn't really take that much to look electric on on tape. I'm more interested to see you know some some more pro days, get a little bit more action. I I don't know, man. The, the size is a concern for me. Like like you had said, in comparison to Doug Flutie, you weren't writing at home for Doug Flutie in fantasy, right? So until we see a little bit more. Again, landing spot will definitely be a huge thing, but I see him, you know, dealing with bridge quarterback issues. I don't know if anyone's going to overly commit to him. Um, I mean, by, by all means, the Texans could draft Bryce Young and then Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we could be, you know, talking up a little bit of a different story. But I don't know if anyone's going to give him the reins week one. Uh, you know, if they take him two overall, I, I think he'll definitely be the week one starter. I don't think Davis Mills is going to keep him. You know, they could bring. I don't think they'll bring in it if, if they're investing the number two pick in him. I don't see them bringing in a significant quarterback you know they might bring in somebody to kind of mm-hmm. teach him the ropes a little bit but um, sure. well, we'll see we've seen that we've seen that before with uh with trey lance and jimmy obviously trey lance got hurt but still i mean trey i i think you know i think bryce young is where you know bryce young is you know this is a national you know, national champion uh uh i just think you know two years starter he has a lot more experience than trey lance had coming in so i think mm-hmm. we're going to see bryce young week one starter i just worry about him holding up but the talent is obviously there uh, before i let you jump into the next pick Really quick, I'm just going to pay one more quick round of bills really quick. Yep. Uh, the D-Gen, Dan, oh, oops, sorry, whoops, got a little ahead of myself there. WinBet, we're traveling out. WinBet, one more time. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Hamlet Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-day parlays, a.k.a. WinBets, build your own bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to get Getting win, getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and pleasant in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The DGen Dance, uh, the DGen Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free, free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half over under bingo where you can win a SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Had a little bit of a tongue twister there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're we up are, to one five. One five. All right. This is your pick here. Who are you taking after I just selected another quarterback? I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. I have him okay. going off the board at number 12 to the Houston Texans. Uh, like I just laid out the narrative for them to bring in potentially Jimmy Garoppolo, Bryce Young. I think he'll be the, the number one target. They just signed uh, Robert Woods to a free agent deal. Uh, they're going to have Nico Collins coming back. I don't think that Brandon Cooks will be on the roster. I like them to prioritize the wide receiver position, prioritize running back last year with Damian Pierce. I don't think it's like the out-of-this-world landing spot, but I think it's appropriate uh, given his skill set, what we saw at him from the combine. Uh, I feel like he's going to be in a good position to just be that lead receiver on a team. I'm hoping it is a similar situation to the Texans because, again, they are depleted. But again, we're uncertain at the quarterback position. So if you get a balance out of that, maybe you know a more crowded receiver room, but a better quarterback, I think that would kind of balance itself out. Uh, you know, I like that as well. You know, JSN, you know, I feel like is the safe pick there. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. feel like you're getting a reliable wide receiver too. You know, I, I feel like you're getting, you know, I feel like his floor is almost a safe wide receiver too. Uh, yep. You know, there are some concerns, you know, about his frontline speed and his ability to play outside the slot. But we're talking about a guy who did, outproduce Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave as a sophomore. He did have just 23 combined targets his other two years at Ohio State. So mm-hmm. didn't do much as, as a freshman. Junior year was marred by injuries. So 
you know, we're banking off that elite sophomore year, but I think we saw all what we need to see there. He didn't run the 40 at the NFL Combine, but had the best three-cone drill since, I believe, 2013. We talked about that a little last week. So, mm-hmm. that you know, that's a great, you know, great landing spot, you know, potentially with Bryce Young. I, I, I would project uh, if he does go to number 12. The Patriots have also been discussed. The Packers are a possibility, although, you know, they don't like to take a first-round wide receiver. You know, that would be deep. Packers at uh, 15? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, Chargers, I think, you know, if he was slipping in the late first round a little bit. Uh, Ravens. What's the deal with that? What's, what's the deal with the Chargers? Why are, why do keep people keep talking about him going to the Chargers? Or the Chargers um, just taking a receiver overall. Like, I like Josh Palmer a lot. I don't, And it sounds like Keenan and Mike are both coming back. I don't get that. I think the... The what we saw last year is we saw Keenan Allen and Mike Williams barely play, and I think sure. that that is part of the concern here. I think you know, mm-hmm. and plus I think they're probably planning for a future without probably Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the team in 2024, 2025 man. by the latest. So let those dudes walk then. What the hell, man? Just get them out, get them out now. Kill them. Uh, I I well, here's the thing. I think they're stuck between kind of a rock and a hard place. You know, I think that if ideally. You know they would like to move on from Keenan Allen, probably for sure. But did my, did Justin Herbert give you confidence last year that he can do it with less? You know what I mean. He sure. we saw him play without Mike Williams, Keenan Allen last year, and he struck. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen last year, and he struggled. Uh, you know, relatively speaking, you know, you know, Justin Herbert is still a very good quarterback, but he was not the same guy. And you know, so I don't think that you know that didn't give them confidence. I believe to let go of Keenan Allen. So I think that's why we saw him. But I think that they will continue to add to the receiving room here. That I mean. Not, mm-hmm. not that I think. I think it's a possibility, I should say, that they add to the receiving room. I do think they'll probably add somebody in the second round, worst-case scenario. So I just think you know, it could be a potential landing spot. And of course, tying yourself to Justin Herbert, there are certainly worse, worse places to be. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was interesting. I've seen a lot of people talking about them taking a receiver in the first, and it just doesn't seem like a team that needs to to be that aggressive with the depth that they already have. I just assume if you're going to you know target that position day two, Round two, round three, whatever. I think I think if you ask them, I think it's a very, you know, if you ask them if they're going to get 34 games out of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams this year, I think, you know, they're, they're not expecting that. So I think that they're, they're, they might add somebody to the receiving group to help out Herbert a little bit. That'll uh, be interesting. Oh, man. All right. If I'm just going to keep going, the quarterbacks here, if you're just going to keep leaving them for me. Yeah, well, sorry, bud. I will take Anthony Richardson. I, you know, yep, he, yes, he, he was my fourth, you know, if I was just doing this draft by myself, he would have been my fourth pick um, in a super flex draft, six foot four, 244 pounds. Um, second, uh, he had the third fastest 40 time ever for a quarterback. And I didn't, I don't know the other guys. I never heard of him before, you know, but RG three mm-hmm. was somebody who had a slightly faster 40 than him. And RG three was significantly mm-hmm. smaller. So basically he was most- uh, ahead of Cam Newton and ahead of Tim Tebow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible, uh, you know, greatest athlete of all time at the NFL Combine uh, at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's highlights of him destroying people. You know what I mean? Just you know, showing these moves. You know what I mean? And but you know, the tape is very raw. He did hadn't done much his first two years at Florida, mm-hmm. and then last year the offense was a bit of a mess. You know, he had some highlights, but overall still a very raw prospect. Has a long way to go in terms of learning an NFL offense. But you know, yes, obviously the comparisons to Cam Newton are there. You know, Josh Allen. You know this big mm-hmm. physical very athletic runner who can run over you and you know beat you with his speed so you know uh, for fantasy managers you know he has the highest potential of anyone in this draft you know what i mean he could you know he could break fantasy football potentially uh, yep so that you know that's where the upside is but the floor is that you know this guy can't run an nfl offense you know what i mean he you know you, he, you, he goes out there and he can't complete he's a better passer than i, I think malik willis you know i think he's more advanced mm-hmm. and you know in that guard arts and has more more, more tools to work with but, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. You know, somebody who could go out there and, you know, struggles to complete 10 passes a game potentially, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, he has a very wide range of outcomes, which kind of pushes him a little bit down my board. But in, in one quarterback drafts, you know, he would have been more of a late first round pick, but he still would be my first quarterback selected. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm taking the upside here. You know, I just think I didn't expect it to, you know, have to, re, you know, if this t- class materialized how I thought it was going to materialize, you know, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken Anthony Richardson here. But, you know, the 2023 draft class, you know, just with kind of a lot of a lot of size concerns, you know, do I mean, just like, man, can this guy, you know, it's, you know, and the NFL is changing a little bit. But, man, there's just a lot of holes in all of these profiles. So, Anthony Richardson, you know, I'm willing to take the risk here. You know, I thought, you know, normally I don't like to take that big of a risk. You know, I'm trying to get more of a solidified starter. But, 
you know, with the wide receivers being overall fairly small with some large prospect profiles, the running backs, same thing as well. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love the pick. I have him going at one eight. You have him at one six. I again, like I could, <clears throat> I could see anyone taking him. I think, I think as you said, as early as one four, if the need is there. If you're very thirsty for the position, he's definitely someone that's going to quench your thirst. Uh, love the playability. Love the athleticism. I have him going off the col- off the board to the Colts at pick four. I love him in you know potentially a new run first type of offense with him and Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if the Colts are going to invest that much. Uh, into a bridge-type quarterback. I feel like they're going to prioritize this position at their fourth pick. I've also heard you know, takes on him going number one to the Panthers. I'm not buying that. I think that that's a little bit aggressive. I don't think that he is worth that stock that they would have paid up for him. <clears throat> it is the NFL, though. We've seen some weird stuff happen. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I like him going to the, to the Colts off the board at number four, like I said. I don't know how I you know love the potential dynasty or draft stock of – you know, some of those receivers like, you know, Michael Pittman or Alec Pierce, but I would definitely be moving, you know, Jelani Woods up my board. I feel like Jonathan Taylor's probably steady Eddie at his ADP, you know, with a, a run first type of QB might even elevate it a, a little bit just because, again, you have to counter for that, you know, second potential rushing attack. And yeah, you may see, you know, what you had considered, uh, you know, high school play calling, but it may very well move the chains and get the, uh, you know, get the, uh, the team some, some points on the board. Yeah, you know, it'll, like I said, it'll be very, it'll be very interesting to see how all this stuff shakes out. You know, I'm, I'm very nervous. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. we saw what happened last year with Malik Willis. We saw, you know, we, he was like the number one or number two overall in drafts and super flex drafts. And then we saw him go in the third round and you know what I mean? And people who took him like there, I saw people take him first overall. I saw people take him in the third Ooh. round of a startup, Ooh. you know, startup draft. And now yeah. you're talking about a guy who is never, I'm, I'd be shocked if we saw Malik Willis outside of an injury start an NFL game. You know, I got Malik Willis really late last year. We're talking like round three and four. Well, that that was after that was afterward. You know what I mean? This right. we're talking pre NFL draft. You know what I mean? Oh so gosh, well, see, doing stuff. Wait, doing, yeah, that's why you wait. wait. So <laughs> Anthony Richardson, you know, I'm not. I don't think that'll happen. I think you know. I think we're seeing a little bit more information that people like. Anthony Richardson going in the, in the top 10, you know what I mean? Malik Willis, there were still rumors of, you know, people, him sliding down a little bit. So I do think Anthony Richardson's a top 10 pick, but just be careful if you're doing the draft now, uh, dot your I's, cross your T's. Uh, next up here, you know, I believe we're at seven overall. Who do you have up? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see who is left on my, I got Zach Charbonnet. He's uh, in my top five. Actually, I have him landing anywhere from pick 70 to 75, Raging from the Saints, the Patriots, and the Falcons. I, I, again, the landing spot's going to be very particular, but I think that his profile from what we saw from him in college is very good. He hit double-digit touchdowns in three seasons on two separate teams. A very strong runner, good vision, cutback ability. Not the greatest, you know, change of direction or speed, but I feel like his skill set, you know, that that will develop. Like his skill set translates very well to the NFL. I think he can build up his NFL, you know, body, his the NFL build, if you will. You know, if you look at, you know, Hunter Renfro, you know, from college versus now, working in the NFL has its benefits. He's he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. Um, landing spot will definitely be uh, indicative of his, you know, just overall dynasty value. Even in a crowded room, I still love this skill set. Uh, so I have him at 107. Then I had him coming off at 105 in my board. Um, that's, that's early, you know, and I do, I do agree. I have Zach Charbonnet as I had him as my eighth ranked player. So not too far okay. behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I put the quarterback, I think I just value the quarterbacks a little bit more in the super flex than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to see, you know, I take the chance, you know, the quarterbacks might have the lowest floor, right? but I do think, you know, if you, you know, you grab that, you have, you get Josh Allen, you get Justin Herbert guys who mm-hmm. had significant concerns, kind of guys that, we're kind of scoffed at a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. They were like, oh, that that guy. You know what I mean? I can't believe the NFL team's drafted that guy in the top 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was kind of the attitude of Josh Allen. That was kind of the attitude of Justin Herbert in, in right. those drafts. So we, we don't know everything. You know what I mean? So Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, guys like that mm-hmm. have a lot of upside, I think. Oh, but absolutely. Zach- well, like, so for example, if you have quarterbacks like Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, and Desmond Ritter, yeah, you need to prioritize all these quarterbacks we just listed as like your top five picks for certain. Like every one of those guys should be on the table, even if there's a complete run at quarterback. But, you know, if you're telling me you have, you know, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins, 
I don't feel as like committed to the quarterback position. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to depend on, you know, the guys that you have in the room already. I mean, yeah, I tend to agree with that. You know, the situation is, is very important. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. You know, a lot of these court, you know, it's nice to have a four quarterbacks in the draft, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's nice to have four quarterbacks in the first round, but I, I think people anticipated a little bit more coming into the year. I think they just mm -hmm. anticipated a little bit more bulletproof prospects that we didn't end right. up getting. So we will mm -hmm. see what happens. The next, uh, next, well, before I, I just want to shout out Zach Charbonnet. Here's my RB three really quick. I'll show out a couple quick tidbits on him. Mm -hmm. Six foot four, 214 pounds, you know, had a very productive uh, last couple of years. I believe he had 1,680 all-purpose yards as a senior last year. Yeah, very impressive. You know, he, I think some people thought he was going to disappoint at the NFL Combine, but that didn't end up happening. So I think he solidified that RB3 in the draft. I think we'll see him come over somewhere in the second round of draft. Dolphins potential. The Dolphins would be a nice landing spot for Charbonnet in that offense. Mm -hmm. Commanders, Falcons, Bears I had written down here as well. So. Yeah, no, just just meant for the Bears. You know, don't. I I feel like they'd have to move him up. I, mm -hmm. I I think they pick at pick fifty six and, uh, hang on, what is it fifty? No, that's incorrect. Sixty one and fifty three. That's what it was. I feel like he's going to go later than that. I feel like he's going to go in round three. Okay, interesting. You know, I think he's sneaking around too. I, I don't like them right there. The Bears at 64, they do have a pick one of, of round three. I, I wouldn't hate that. But again, I, I see him going, like I had said, in that 70 to like 75 range. I guess that's not too far off, but uh, I've also seen him going to the Patriots at, oh, I did mention the Patriots at 76. Yeah, I've seen that. Falcons too, I think they're hungry at the position. Good compliment to Algier, I feel like. Hey, you know, Falcons would be an interesting landing spot as well. Um, you know, I think... I would be shocked if Zach, you know, just being, I think we're going to see some running backs go in the second round. So if, mm -hmm. if he goes in the third round, I, I don't think he'll be able to hold up that fifth pick, you know, or, you know, this draft capital, I think we'll have some other guys that we like ahead of him. So I, I do think we mm -hmm. see him go in the second round, but you know, the NFL draft is, you know, devaluing running backs more and more. So, you know, the third round right. is kind of like the new second round. So we'll see what happens. Um, mm -hmm. The next man up here, I'm in quarterback. It is again, I'm going to take Will sure. Levis. Yep. You know, just with that upside, I think we do see him go probably in the top 10, top 15 picks of the NFL draft. You know, he had uh, he was outstanding two years ago with Wondell Robinson at Kentucky, you know, broke out, you know, after transferring from Penn State. Mm -hmm. Big bodied guy, uh, you know, strong arm, you know, has, you know, all the physical tools you're looking for in an NFL quarterback, but struggled last year with injuries and, you know, without a star cast around him, you know, the Kentucky offense was a little bit of a mess and that kind of showed on his tape as well. Um, you know, untraditional throwing motion that he threw it at the NFL combine. But however, like I said, has all the mechanics, you know, it's big body, tough uh, character, leadership. You know what I mean? Uh, they all mm -hmm. talk about that uh, a lot with Will Levis. So, you know, you're not worried about him lead, uh, leading an NFL locker room. It's just the mechanics, uh, the processing that are going to be issues for him. So I'm willing to take the upside here in the pick. What do you think about Will Levis? Uh, it's, I want a landing spot. I have him at the end of round one. So I have him kind of mixed in at like 111, 112. Again, it's depending on need. We've gone over that already, but it's tough for me to pick his landing spot. It's, it's, it's really tough. Uh, do you think, I mean, do you think he's going to wind up being like a, a top 15 pick? I, I don't know if I see it. I do. I think I, I, I think the Raiders are a possibility. Okay. Okay. I, I think see, see, I, I was thinking the Raiders too, but potentially in round two. I don't think I don't think there's any nope. chance he falls that far. I think he's. Okay, I think okay. this, we're going to see him early. I, I, this could hey, be I, like a Malik Willis. Willis. I, I like I like the arm. I love what I saw at the combine. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like there's a little bit of separation between him and some of these other QBs that we've seen that we've already discussed coming off the board. Um, you know their athleticism, their you know their playability with the on, on the run game. Like, is the big arm going to be enough? You know, we'll find out. We'll find out what NFL teams <laughs> think because I think yeah. that's you know that's always the big indicators. Where, you know what NFL mm -hmm. you know that's why we do these after the NFL draft because you know what right. kind of capital is an NFL team going to invest in them. I think mm -hmm. I've heard of other teams potentially moving up to the third spot. So we I think if we see uh, you know if we see Anthony Richardson go at four or if we see another team move up uh -huh. to the three spot, I think the Colts come and play at four. I've seen a lot of people mock him to the Colts. Apparently the Colts Damn. do like do like what they see in Will Levis. They are big fans. So. The Colts are a possibility. The Raiders are another mm -hmm. possibility that I see. So, um, 
I, I don't think we see him get out of the top 15. I think there'll be a team that moves up, you know, even if there isn't an obvious spot now, mm-hmm. I think there'll be a team that moves up if he slips, especially if he slips past 10. I think there's a team that could trade up for let him. Me, so we'll, let me ask you this. You're the Raiders. You want Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, or Will Levis? That's tough. Jimmy or Will Levis? Uh, okay. You know, I think I would would be my choices, but I think you're you're looking at some. You know, Will Levis is obviously a lot bigger chance. Jimmy mm-hmm. is a little bit safer. You know, maybe you try to bring in both. Maybe you want Jimmy to be yeah. another a bridge quarterback again. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I did a mock draft and I had Will Levis going to the Raiders at number seven. So okay, okay. We'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting spot. Um, so what about you with the ninth pick? Okay, give me one second. So we had Will Levis at – I'm just writing all this down. That was at eight, right? Yep, that was eight. All right, so pick nine. Super tough here for me. Super tough. I have these guys butt-ending each other. I like Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston, and I feel like it, the, the landing spot I just need for either of these guys – I've told you I like Jordan Addison to the Ravens. It's a pretty unilateral move from Rashad Bateman, but I could also see Quentin Johnston going to the Packers at 15. Ah, that's tough. Um, I'm going to go Quentin Johnston. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston because I feel like he may have the the higher NFL draft stock, bigger body receiver, going to be more physical, that downfield type of threat. Addison more of a clean it up, lower A dot slot receiver. Oh, that's yeah. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston. Super tough. Super tough. Um, they're 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 neck and neck for me again. It's going to be based on the landing spot, but I feel like I like his physical build just a little bit more. Both skill sets I think can be leveraged at a high level in the NFL. Going to be vindic or indicative of landing spots, like I said. But I'll go Quentin Johnson at uh, one hundred nine here. You know that that would have been the same thing I wrestled with. You know, Quentin Johnson could have higher NFL draft capital. wasn't near, anywhere near as productive in college as Jordan Addison, but uh, right, he has no, all the thousand percent. Six foot three, two hundred eight pounds, ninety eighth percentile burst score. Had a nice year, one thousand sixty nine yards, six touchdowns. Um, you know, concerns are that he doesn't he doesn't play to his size. He doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not very good in contested catch situations. And playing against Big 12 cornerbacks is light competition compared to what uh, Jordan Addison faced, all, obviously, in in the Pac-10 Pac as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not not the SEC by any means, but still uh, bigger competition there. So those are some of the uh, concerns about Quinn Johnson. But with the NFL Combine, with him standing out as a receiver in this class, there aren't there aren't many receivers built like him. This is a class filled filled with undersized. Devont, every, every receiver in this class is going to be conv- – uh, compared to Devontae Smith because, you know, that's the obvious, you know, right. five foot 10 light guy, you know, Devontae Smith, he, he can be Devontae Smith. You know what I mean? Devontae right. Smith is great. So not, you know, I feel like Devontae Smith is an outlier, not somebody mm. who is like the fitting the new mold in the NFL. So I think Quinn Johnson, you're right. I do think Quinn Johnson is going to have um, a lot of NFL teams looking at him. You know, there's not, like I said, there's just not many six foot three guys in the draft like this, um, mm-hmm. especially early on. Patriots, I think we're a, a, a landing spot discussed there. Uh, Packers, Chargers, Ravens, mm-hmm. since, you know, same places I have for JSN basically. So you know, all those would be interesting. You know, maybe Chargers kind of, you know, that kind of he's the same receiver kind of as Mike Williams. So I don't know about that really, but um, I would like him on the Ravens. Would like him on the Patriots. You know, definitely fitting mm-hmm. in wide receiver one. Next up for me, I have. A, I will go ahead and take Jordan Addison. There you uh, go. You know, <clears throat> That, why he's here, you know, very productive college wide receiver, uh, first percentile size adjusted athletic score. 99% mm-hmm. of wide receivers have a better size adjusted athletic score than Jordan Addison. Um, so he ran a 449 40-yard dash at, I believe, man, I don't believe I didn't write that down, but it was five foot nine, 174 pounds. I believe, you know, I don't actually I forgot to write it down, but I believe off the top of my head that was his NFL combine measurement. Mm-hmm. And that is you were looking at five, at five foot nine or no, I'm sorry. I believe he's five foot 11. He's not five foot nine. I need to look that up. I think he's five. Foot I 11. think he's, I believe he's five foot 11. Yeah. Five Jordan, foot 11, five foot yeah. 11, 174 pounds. So that's very light. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, especially if he was five foot nine, that would have been a lot bigger BMI. So for somebody that skinny, you want him to run faster than a four, four, nine. You know what I mean? Now that mm-hmm. now not everything comes down to the 40 yard dash. He, he might've, you know, it's a lot of its form. But either way, you know, it shows, you know, it shows the effort they put into the uh, the offseason. You know, it's it does. It is an indicator of speed. So Jordan mm-hmm. Addison, not quite the athlete, you know, and this factors in agility and burst score, not the athlete 
that you're looking mm-hmm. for at a five foot 11, 170 pounds. Devonte Smith wasn't a, a crazy good athlete either though. So, you know, Devonte Smith is not a crazy comparison for Jordan Addison being that he mm-hmm. had a 1600 yard season in college, but you know, struggled with injuries last year. And that could certainly be the case with his size in the NFL. What do you think about that pick? Oh, I don't hate it whatsoever. Like I said, it's it's very unilateral between him and Quentin Johnson. For me, I could go either direction. A landing spot, again, very indicative of both. Uh, but I don't think you're going to be feeling bad about taking either of those guys. So if you are aiming to get Addison, wind up leaving your draft with Johnson a pick later or two picks later, I, I don't think you're going to be complaining either way. Like I said, landing spot, very important here. I've mentioned the Ravens event again, new unilateral move to Rashad Bateman, but I don't think that they were excited about what they got out of Rashad Bateman last year. Addison, a hometown favorite pick from Maryland, from Frederick, Maryland, uh, low key, low key location there for, for Baltimore. I, you know, I think they were excited about what they got from Bateman in the first two games last year. You know, it's just like that's, that's all they got from well, him. You know what I mean? Well, that's what they were also excited about Lamar Jackson last season. Lamar Jackson had a booming uh, entrance to last season, but again. Correlated, correlated with Rashad Bateman playing. That's true. That's true. They, um, it was it was very boomer bust, though. It, it was very boomer bust. It was similar to what I saw at a Marquise uh, Brown's entrance to the NFL. Oh, shit. Where did he come from? Huge production, limited amount of touches. That's that's the thing, you know. Like, are are they going to buy into that again? Probably. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to sell Rashad Bateman by any means. But, you know, those those hometown picks, you know, they're always, they're always more low key than people think. I agree with that. Um, Selling jerseys, baby. It's a business. Selling jerseys. Uh, so, well, I believe. What are we down here? Are we down to the final two picks of the draft. Yes, absolutely. One eleven. I'm bringing this darling up the board, Mr. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, showed out at the combine. Love his speed, after catchability, great hands. I have him going off the board to the Panthers at pick 39. Not a great outside receiver, but guess what? The Panthers need now a slot receiver. Just gave up DJ Moore. I have him getting paired up with CJ Stroud on the you know Panthers' first round to second round pick. Uh, if that happens, I feel like he is going to get a ton, ton of work. That would be a perfect landing spot for him. Now, obviously, if you go somewhere a little bit more crowded where they still might need a slot receiver, he could break out. But, man, any receiver that lands on the Panthers is going to be in line for a lot, a lot of work. I would expect that they still play the game in free agency and go out, go out and shop a pass catcher. Uh, but I feel like Jalen Hyatt in, um, in Carolina would be an absolute home run. Uh, had him coming off at 110 and on my set of picks. We got him at 111, so I feel pretty good about it at the end of the first round. You know, what's interesting about Jalen Hyatt is the difference. This this is one of those where the fantasy managers in the NFL have a big difference. Mm-hmm. At the NFL, apparently, very really, really likes Jalen Hyatt. They, they, you know, some some uh, scouts have him as their number one overall wide receiver in the draft, and that's mm-hmm. because of his speed, his burner, um, you know, his playmaking ability downfield, and that's what's coveted in today's NFL, you know, kind of like, you know, that we've seen Devontae Smith and, you know, there's Jalen Waddles uh, pumped up draft boards, uh, Jamison mm-hmm. Williams, you know, guys like in that mold. And I think, you know, Jalen Hyatt kind of fits in that area and fantasy managers are a little bit more down. He kind of, you know, fits in that six, seven wide receiver range. So, mm-hmm. you know, it does the translate to fantasy football, you know, what, what NFL teams recovering that deep threat, you know, some of the times, you know, that DJ shark, you know, some of the times it, it's what they what they do to the defense, you know, without the counting stats, you know what I mean? Taking guys mm-hmm. downfield. And, you know, that's right. where I think some of his value comes from in the NFL's eyes, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, it's just my, you know, just my caveat for fantasy football is, you know what I mean? I think the NFL is a little bit higher on him just for, the, you know, what he what he's going to do to the defense, the, the kind of coverage that he's going to command mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, counting stats for fantasy football. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I did I that. I see him as more of a slot receiver. So I don't okay. see him as a big field stretcher. I think in college, like almost 90% of his uh, snaps came from the slot, something close to that. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be used as like a higher A dot receiver. Uh, and like I said, if he gets a spot like the Panthers, where he, not a crowded room, I'm not going to be worried about drafting LaVisca Chanel. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a great situation. So we'll see what happens with him. You know, it'll be interesting. You know, I have, uh, Zay Flowers and Josh Downs just slightly ahead of him. Okay, I like, all, I like Zay Flowers all, a lot. He's he's my he's my next guy group. off the board. But all I think I think uh, a lot of folks have moved uh, Boutte down their boards, and he was a lot higher. So I think hey. there's been a little bit of like you know just movement on the board in general. 
I'm so glad you said that. I found it out. It is, it is uh booty. It is booty. I confirmed it. It's booty NFL.com. No, I thought uh, I sent you the screenshot. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, I'll I, 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 NFL.com is wrong. NFL.com is wrong. I'm telling you there. I'm telling you this. I'm shouting out my new co my new co-worker who I who I trust, Cody Carpentier over at Player Profiler. He boots boots on the ground at the NFL Combine. I was listening to his podcast this week. Confirmed, you know, boot booty. It is booty. No, it is booty. I'm telling you, it is booty. It is it is Kayshawn booty. I will I will ride to the grave with this. I was right. This is, this is, is per Kayshawn. This is this is per Kayshawn. Apparently so. I tell you, apparently it is booty. You know, oh this is God. this is from this is from the mouth himself. Apparently it is booty. He just doesn't want to be called Boutte. This is this is another you know chosen Anderson situation. You know what I mean? Like, the, don't tell me how to say your name when every every other <laughs> what person do you mean? who don't knows... tell me how to say your name. Oh my gosh! <laughs> who is who is the other one? Uh, it's Tarad. It's not Tyrod. It's Tarad. You know what I learned too? Uh, you know, now we're getting digressing here, but uh, I learned that Jalen Waddle. I, I forgot how they say it, but apparently Jalen Waddle is not his name. Waddell. <laughs> Wadley, it, it like no. Apparently, yeah. It's like it's you know he calls it pretty much his stage name. You know what I mean? Because people don't say it right, and he goes by Jalen Waddle. But Stop. but yes, apparently Jalen Waddle. I forgot how they said it. I was listening to a podcast week, but apparently Jalen Waddle is not how you pronounce his name. And just like apparently we we've been saying Travis Kelsey, and it's Travis Kels. I'm not going. I'm not doing it no. now. You know what I mean? It's Please. we're ten we're ten years in. I'm not going to Travis Kels now. But apparently it's Kels. Like th thanks for letting us know, guys. You know what I mean? so it's interesting you know what i mean i feel like i feel like uh it started by broadcasters you know what i mean like the, the broadcasters didn't research the name they're like oh uh you know so and so and then it just sticks and then the player's like oh that's my name now i guess <laughs> i just listened to uh pronounced names on youtube and it said butte okay so that's definitely not it so that's, that's so that's what i mean that's what people are posting out there that, so when i saw I mean, the like the, the the breakdown of it it was b-o-o dash capital t-a-y that was like the pronunciation of it like the Boutte. pronunciation breakdown is boote like <laughs> literally you, that's not it it's not right <laughs> all right, all right that's, that's fine my my homework is uh is uh incorrect oh man that is funny I, i'm so happy you brought that up because i was i was wanting to tell you i was like man as soon as i heard that i was like oh i need i wish bruni was here right now uh all right, it'll well, definitely right, be good. something we have fun with throughout the season that's that's for sure um Fantasy football team names. There's definitely going to be some Boutte references, I'm sure. Big Boutes. <laughs> oh, man. I can only imagine the fantasy football team names. Oh, my goodness. Boutes, uh, Boutes, Boutes, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> um, before we jump into the last pick of this mock draft, I just want to shout out our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in in the action, especially if your bracket is busted day one. Play Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. And if you get $100, win $100 as well. Sorry, I popped off my, my little read for a moment there, but promo code SGPN. And uh, we just want to thank you for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, if you wouldn't mind, please clicking the like and subscribe button. It would really mean a lot. It helps us bring you this free content, and we really appreciate it. Okay, so with that, I'm going to get to my last pick here. And, you know, I thought this pick would be – I mean, I thought this pick would have so much more value a year ago. Like, mm -hmm. I'm looking at this now, and I'm just like, I'm disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? There's a lot of great players left, but, man – I was trading for late first round 23 picks a year ago thinking, man, this is going to be like uh, the Joe Burrow class when I was drafting Javante Williams. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you were getting uh, – well, who was who was going in that class too? The, I mean, the late first round was just like – it was amazing. You know what I mean? Like through 112. Oh, was it Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle? Was that it? Or Which was year? That the year after? Three years ago? Yeah. <laughs> were Joe Burrow and no, Jalen Waddle – I don't think Devontae Smith was in that one. No. Hmm. I remember there were, yeah, but there's been drafts. This, was, you know, this was, is year two. This is year two for Devontae Smith. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it was Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle going, you know, in that last two picks. I remember of the mm -hmm. draft that they went in. It was like mm -hmm. 111, Jalen Waddle, 112, Devontae Smith. Those picks felt right. a lot better than these did. So just slightly disappointing, but I'm going to go with uh, Devin uh, A Chain. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I love him as a runner. Uh, he's a track star, 99th percentile. Uh, uh, 40 yard dash, 
four three uh, nine here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, eleven hundred two rushing yards last year. Had a ton of receptions. Didn't translate to a ton of production in that area, but yeah, he has that kind of body type. He has that skill set to translate in the NFL. So. I, you know, I really like the potential here. You know, he's never going to command a backfield. You know, he's never going to get a ton of touches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he can be very, very effective in the touches that he does get. Uh, commanders, I had his possibility. Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Chiefs, potentially, yeah. if he makes it at, the, at that last pick in the second round, would be very interesting <clears throat> spot for him, in my opinion, especially playing next to Pacheco. I think they would complement each other well. What do you think? I have no problem with it. Um, I have some other names that rounded out my the end of my first round, but – um, he's not someone that I'm like running to get. Cause I feel like there's a little bit more depth after him. I've been targeting, um, like Deuce Vaughn at his ADP. I think Devin Akane is still up a little bit higher because like you said, he may not command a backfield. And I feel like Deuce Vaughn is kind of like in a similar scenario. So he's someone that I, that I'm getting at a little bit of a later ADP that I feel offers kind of a similar skill set. Um, so yeah, I, I have really no qualms against it at all. I just feel like it's kind of a similar type of skill set in an earlier ADP because of what we've seen out of him in college. Um, the only other argument that I would make, another name that we brought up is Zay Flowers to, to close out the first round. I think that he's going to wind up in a in a good position with a good landing spot. I have him off the board at 26 to Dallas. You know, I you know, last thing I'll last thing I'll leave the listeners with today is you know, I just mm-hmm. feel like the dry, wide receivers. You know, I've always been a wide receiver guy in my dynasty leagues, but man, it's just, it's become a little saturated. You know what I mean? Like I can get a wide receiver. Yep. I, I can get Zay Flowers anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can, you know, I mean, it's just, all right. Or even a Jalen Hyatt, you know what I mean? These smaller mm-hmm. athletic receivers, you know, it's just, man, there's, if you look at the top 36 wide receivers in the, in dynasty leagues, for example, they're so good. Like, I mean, you get down to wide receiver 36, you're like, wow, that guy's the wide receiver 36. Like what? You know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's just, Zay Flowers and, and these guys are going to have to be really, really good just to crack the top 36 wide receivers. You know what I mean? It's just such a saturated position. You know, I, at the end of the first round, especially, you know, I have Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson. And when JSN is my number one, but I have mm-hmm. those guys, you know, as a tier above. But after that, I think I'm just going to start hammering running back. Just start, you know what I mean? They're all not going to hit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, you know, but man, I'm, you know, I'd rather take that difference maker there because I just don't know if I see Zay, Zay Flowers, Josh mm-hmm. Downs, Jalen Hyatt. I don't know if I see any of these guys as like, man, these, you know, thank goodness I drafted this guy. This guy's a difference maker on my fantasy mm-hmm. team. I know Zay Flowers. He the the build, the speed, the cutability. Someone's going to use him as as a gadget type of receiver. Like they're they're going to get him running back touches, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he has that kind of. It's a real slight frame, you know. I mean, I know it's a new NFL, but man, but man, like asking a five five foot nine guys are scary. You know what I mean? Asking them to be consistently productive in fantasy football. You know what I mean? I. Mm-hmm. I feel like he might be, you know, one of those guys are usually more like gadget players. You know what I mean? Better yeah. NFL players than fantasy players sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my concern. But well, the gadget guys, man, they they're taking over the league. I mean, the I know Debo's, that's true. The the, the, the Debo's, the CMC's, like you get you hit on those guys and you win your league. You know what I mean? A couple two years ago, you got Debo Samuel on your roster. It's it's game over. It's a wrap. Yeah, you know, Wandale Robinson. You know, if he was stayed healthy yeah. last year, could have been yep. a good example of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Agreed. A player like in that in that build. You know, Josh mm-hmm. Downs and Zay Flowers, kind of comparable to him, I would think. Yep. Well, we did it. 12 picks in. You know, I felt like, you know, we, we definitely have some different opinions, which is nice. You know, I styled mm-hmm. my quarterbacks a little bit earlier. You're taking, you know, the other positions, which I believe yeah. is a little bit – I think it's a safer, you know what I mean? And if you're mm-hmm. a bad team, you know, I think there's running well, backs yeah. and wide We're- receivers – we're giving over encompassing advice, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's situation is going to be different. You know, we definitely got to make sure that we touch, you know, touch on all bases. And the only other thing I'll kind of add to that is that if you are like, if you know your league mates, well, right, if you are a good fantasy owner, a good fantasy player, and you know, your league mates and you are kind of seeing like the differences between like mine and Emerson's take here on prioritizing the quarterback leverage that if you know that the first four picks are going to be quarterbacks, you know, and you don't need one, Maybe move back to pick five. Maybe move back to pick six. Like, you know, you need some nuance and strategy at, at the end of the day to really get the best return, you know, in, in your rookie draft. Uh, just really quick, I'm going to just run through our picks. So at 101, we had Bijan. Duh, everybody's got him. CJ Stroud at 102. Jameer Gibbs at 103. At 104, uh, we had Bryce Young come off the board. At 105, it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. At 106, uh, flip the sheet. Where are we at? Anthony Richardson, 107 was Zach Charbonnet, 108, Mr. Will Levis, 
109, Quinton Johnston, 110, Jordan Addison, 111, Jalen Hyatt, and 112, Devin Akane. Pretty solid. Like, I don't think that that's that, like, dissimilar to what I've seen from other boards, you know, mocks in general, or just people's legit, just, you know, rookie drafts. Um, yeah, I think we got it down. You know, I think, of course, the NFL draft will be the biggest indicator. Somebody in that and somebody in those first 12 picks, I can already tell you, is going to fall down that NFL mm-hmm. draft board and it's going to tank their value. So, you know, yeah. it happens every year, every single year. It happens to somebody who's, who's going to be this year. year's Trey Lance. Trey, you know, yeah, exactly. Somebody's going to fly up the draft board. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what um, offensive player is overdrafted because they're on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who, who's going mid first round Can't pick wait. who's like a late third round talent actually but can't wait uh, oh man yeah that, that's a bomb that i'm not falling for again uh it'll be interesting to see where the tight ends go you know what i mean Are, mm-hmm. you know is darnell washington going to be the next tight one or is he going to be a tackle like some nfl uh, mm-hmm. evaluators were talking about so it'll be fun um i will be i just uh i just accepted uh, a couple different positions you know you'll see my writing everywhere coming up player profiler dlf uh fantasy football face-off starting a podcast uh twsn's fantastic i have their shirt on right here so i'll be doing a lot of stuff sgpn i of course i have this podcast every sunday so that'll be uh we'll be seeing you next sunday justin what are you working on coming up uh we got free agency buddy we got free agency uh this week rob and i will be uh live episode two of heroes and villains this wednesday uh it's my birthday thursday so you know gonna be celebrating that yeah thank you appreciate you appreciate you so you know another year older um you know, a little wider, a little taller, you know, getting after it. So not much else other than that. I love it, man. Well, have a great day. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Please hit that like and subscribe. If you wouldn't mind, we would really appreciate it. And have a great rest of your Sunday and enjoy NFL free agency. Thank you so much. Take care, guys.